Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Matt Lenehan, Boxing Social in association with Empire Fight Store and Forged Irish Stout. Delighted to be joined by Frank Smith. Frank, Belfast, what a fight week. Car from top to bottom, it's stacked. How buzzing it is to see such a good fight night and back in Belfast. Yeah, excited. Obviously, off the back of last weekend as well, it was going to be hard to follow the atmosphere last weekend, but to come back to Belfast after, I don't know, six, seven years, something like that, you know, I think it was Ryan Burnett last time we were here, you know, to be back here. It's a great fight card, top to bottom, and it's going to be some atmosphere in there tomorrow night. So a great way to be back here, and hopefully the start of something, you know, again, that we're back here often. Um, special fight week, great main event, great chief support. Let's just talk quickly, Michael Coddle and Jordan Gill. Huge implications for the winner, obviously. Lee Wood's over here supporting, his, um, supporting one of his closest friends. Um, but for the winner... Obviously, you've Josh Warrington one in Leewood. You have Michael Conlon one in Leewood. Joe Cardina's in a mix with a world title. In an ideal scenario, um, what would you like to see happen? You know, I'm not looking, overlooking this main event. Jordan's a live dog in the fight. But obviously, he signed a co-promotional deal with Conlon Boxing. If Michael's to come through, what's the scenario that you would like to see play out? Yeah, look, I don't think either of them will be looking past Saturday night. We've seen some great fights over the years between both, from both Michael Conlon and Jordan Gill. And, you know, Jordan Gill has shown many a times he's not someone to be counted out as well. Um, you know, Michael Conlon, a, a tremendously skilled fighter, you know, has been, like I say, in some of the best fights we've seen over the last few years. Um, so what, neither of them will be looking past Saturday night. I think there's massive fights to be made in and around the division. You know, obviously this fight at 1.30, um, I think... You know, it'd be interesting because Michael originally was going to stay at one two six. It'd be interesting to see what he decides after this. But naturally, the fights are there. You know, like you say, Lee Wood, Josh Warrington's a huge rematch. That you know, I think right now is the favourite. You've got the likes of the Joe Caldina fight though as well, as you mentioned there. And you know, I think it's an exciting year in and around the division. So it's not just about one fight next year; it's about multiple fights. And having four or five names in that in there, you know, is going to be interesting. But we see a scenario where it is almost a bit like a round robin where. You know, loser fights, loser of that, and winner fights, winner of that, and just keep going round and round because no matter what, there's value in all these fights. They've got all the recipe for like fireworks and all of them. Yeah, hundred percent. And at the end of the day, we want to see entertaining fights, and um, that's where you know we've been speaking a lot recently about taking away from the fact of a loss being being you know defining your career. I think they're both at their stage that if they don't have a good performance. Whoever the loser is could retire, but you know, if they both go in there and give it everything, and it's an amazing fight, it's by no means the end for either of them. But you know, look, it's a like I say, they won't be looking past Saturday night. But there's so many entertaining fights to be made in and around the division, and that's why it was important for us. And you know, we pushed hard to get Michael because we believe he's still got a lot left to offer the sport. You'll see him there on Saturday night, an amazing crowd. You know, he's got a huge following that has followed him following both success and defeat um, and you know that's always great to see so yeah it's an interesting time for the, the division for sure 
coming off the back of last week, which was a historic night. I mean, I was there as a fan for a change, and what an atmosphere for Katie Taylor. Now that she's come through that test, um, Croke Park, she deserves something like that. I know everything comes down to finances and how much it costs to host such a huge event like that. But in terms of an opponent, the Serrano rematch has always been lingering. But the fight she's had with Chantel, it's one apiece. It's, it's, what, were, what would you say is more likely to happen? Yeah, first and foremost, I've got to say, you know, I've been lucky enough to go to events all around the world, not just in boxing, but across multiple sports. Saturday night in Dublin was probably one of the best events I've ever been at, you know, in terms of sporting events. The atmosphere in there, the noise in there, and just the love for Katie, obviously. But look, you have to give respect to both Katie and Chantel Cameron because they gave us two nights that are going to go down in the history of the sport. Um, and, you know, you don't want to forget, you know, Chantel went there the first time round against all the odds. She went, in, went and got the win in Dublin. Casey Taylor was focused for six months on avenging that. She got the win there. But I w I'd love to see a third fight between the two of them. You know, Both the Serrano fights and the Cameron fights are huge fights, massive fights we'd love to see, obviously, as boxing fans. Uh, as I sit here as working for Matchroom, we promote Chantel Cameron. We want to deliver the best possible opportunities for our fighters. And the best opportunity right now is that trilogy. You know, I think sitting here today, obviously, there will be some ill feelings towards going back to Dublin. You know, I think they've been open about it. But I think as time goes on, time is, as we say, a healer. And I think it will play out that it's the most, it's the best option. But like I say, Serrano and Cameron are both massive fights. But as Chantel Cameron's promoter as well, I think it's the fight that, that should be made. And, uh, you know, I think to see a, a trilogy, you know, would be amazing to pack out a stadium like Croke Park or another stadium. Now, look, we're in... We're in discussions, it's early stages. I think obviously it played out quite publicly last time. I think the focus now is let's see if we can make it happen because it's something we all want to see. 100% look, I know this is sort of the elephant in the room and Eddie addressed it a little bit yesterday, but with the Conor Ben news coming out that the border rejected um, for the fight to be in the UK under their jurisdiction. Um, Eddie was obviously unhappy about how it's come out again. Um, and he's pushed saying, look, there's clearly an agenda. Just from your perspective, what's What's the standpoint? Are you disappointed in how this has come out and the manner in which it came out and the decision? What's your whole take on it? I can't add much more than what you, you've heard from Eddie yesterday. Of course, like you said, disappointed in, in very much the way things have played out across this whole situation. But, you know, it is what it is. We need to make the fight, you know, first and foremost. So before we get into Suma, uh, the, the focus is making the fight. There's some work to be done there, but I feel like we're close. But that's the fo focus first and foremost. You know, everything else is... You know, we're talking about hypotheticals, a situation that may never come through. Yes, disappointed, but again, so much talking around all this, let's focus on making it. So this fight happens regardless whether the board give that go-ahead or not. This fight's going to go ahead regardless of any appeal decision and whether they think, oh, you should wait for this to happen. I know you've all, you guys have always said, look, there's never been a day this could rumble on forever. Conor Ben's already fought needs to move on, but... What's your take on it all if they don't give that go-ahead and say it's under our jurisdiction? Other other authorities? Yeah, look, the date is the date is there in the UK. We want to do this fight in the UK. It's the biggest fight I think the UK would have seen in a long time. We've had a you know a few years of not many major moments, and this would be a major moment for the sport in the UK. Um, February 3rd, Jan 27th. Obviously, Jan 27th was Cardiff, Feb 3rd, Tottenham. I think as we approach over the next few days, it's much more likely Feb 3rd with the time frames we've got now. Um, we, we've been quite open. We, we'd love the BBFC to sanction the event, but as we've seen over the years, there's been multiple events from multiple different promoters that have taken part under different 
organisations than the BBFC. Um, you know, as we stand here today, Conor Ben isn't suspended, he's got no suspension, his suspension was lifted, so he's free to fight. Hence why he boxed in Florida, hence why he's available to fight. You know, like I say, we've seen many other board licence holders be involved in other events outside the scope of the British Boxing Board of Control, and there's been no question marks there. Um, so look, like I say, first and foremost, we'd love the BBFC to be involved. If they're not, um, then we have to look at other avenues. But, like I say, right here as we sit, the fight's not made. So let's make it and then go from there. Devin Haney, Regis Progress, that's come around quick. I was speaking to Eddie um, yesterday, or day before, time's moving quickly. But, um, really looking forward to that. Devin's obviously re relinquished his title at the lower weights. And, you know, in a way, um, like what Eddie said, you know, fighters would tend to keep on to that in case something bad happens, they've got that bit of security. But he said, let them go. And he's fully focused on getting you know getting this title what do you make of it and how much are you looking forward to seeing that fight now yeah look 100 percent he's going in there against the best at 140 in regis progre you know um devon haney's 23 24 years old what he's done in the sport is quite amazing i think he's still got a lot left to do in the sport over the next five ten years however long he wants to be involved in it um you know 140 is his next target then does he try and unify does he he's saying about going up to 147 as well there's so many exciting fights for him and you know with this fight in particular the two of them have shown that it's quite simple. You just have to put an entertaining, interesting fight. You know, we're going to have a packed out chase centre in San Francisco. A lot of people questioned us for going to San Francisco with it. There hasn't been big time boxing in San Fran. I can't remember. I think it was Oakland when we were there with uh, Andre Ward and Paul Smith. And it, and it was always tough. And I think it was a risk, but it's paid off. And like I say, we're going to have a packed out house in there, pay-per-view show and a, and a great fight to have on. And final one from me. What's the situation with Jack Cattrall? I know he's been angling at getting a big fight. Um, obviously, I suppose, in a way, that fight could play a part in his future. Obviously, he still wants Josh Taylor. Where are we at with Jack, and are we going to see him back out? Because he wants that. He really wants that big fight now, that world title fight or that mega fight. Where are we at? That's what we need. We're working hard to deliver for him. We want to deliver these big fights for him. The, the key at the start was building momentum and activity. He'd had, I don't know, nearly two years out of the ring. So for us, when we signed him, it was to get those two fights back to back within five months were great because he'd had a lot of things in his career that hadn't gone his way, you know, prior to that. Um, now, as you say, the focus is a major fight. Uh, the Josh Taylor fight's a great fight if we can make it. You know, it's it's not going to be easy to make, but that would be a great fight to see. Obviously, the winner of um, Devin Haney against Regis Progray is interesting. There could be a mandatory with the WBC. You've got a potential eliminator ordered with Richardson Hitchens. There's other big fights out there to be made but we've got to make the right fight it's the most important part of his career now and we've got to make the right fight for him here and he wants those big fights so hopefully some news soon well frank thanks for joining us on boxing social we'll catch up after this fight of the weekend it's been a good week good to see you Cheers. sports social podcast network